You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome. Finally, we are back. Episode 137 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast brought to you by Drip Drop. Drip Drop ORS Dehydration Relief was invented to treat dehydration in the most challenging circumstances. Dehydration has a profound effect on your health, mood, and performance. Used by top hospitals across the country, Drip Drop ORS is safe enough for everyday use and powerful enough to help battle dehydration in the most challenging circumstances. Used by athletes, firefighters, military members, and now NASCAR fans. That's right. Even NASCAR fans. Didn't somebody uh, mix it with beer? Yes. So at the Daytona 500, we had a guy literally poured it in his beer He was dehydrating and hydrating at the same time. Drip Drop's incredible. We love Drip Drop. It's the official dehydration relief formula of the Garage Guys. So if you're a member of the Garage fam, you need to go to DripDrop.com and get your drip on. And look for Drip Drop at Talladega, correct? (laughs) Yes, that's correct. So Drip Drop took over Daytona. Drip Drop will be at Talladega. Drip Drop, get the drip. I don't don't even think that's their slogan, but we're making it their, their slogan now. That was part of the deal. That was part of the deal that we can be, we can be creative with uh, the slogans and the, the things yeah. we say about it. We're now we're now uh, slogan connoisseurs. I'm now I'm now a hydration prophet, and so is Drew. We're hydration prophets at NASCAR races. That's what we do. So Drip Drop has taken over NASCAR. It's Are you incredible. a savant? Yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a uh, a hydration savant, a NASCAR hydration savant, guys. It's me, the savant. <laughs> the savant <laughs> it's me the savant but uh but yeah we're back episode 137 we were gonna come back on sunday but uh drew has the same disease that mr bean had in the movie rat race and he just passes out at random times how was your slumber can we at least agree before we make fun of me because I, I agree <laughs> i agree i wouldn't sleep way too already early, blasted we, your ass on twitter can so. we at least can we at least agree that you kind of hinted at the fact that we weren't going to record or at I least never I, I never hinted at the fact that we weren't going to record you're a very direct person I and <laughs> when you were on the phone with me you usually always say what time are we doing the podcast that question never came yeah that question did come in the form of a text at nine o'clock when your ass was already actually actually it was earlier than that because i was in daytona i was eating um at a, a fantastic restaurant in daytona that i highly recommend mckenna seafood I think it's in Port Orange. I think that's what it's called. I think it's a city. It's in Daytona. That's all that matters. But McKin- shout out to McKenna Seafood. They put our business cards in their restaurant. Um, so I'm looking at it right now, and it looks like I text you at – it's a lot of texts. I mean, you talk a lot. Um, but, did, uh, but didn't we not call and talk <laughs> on the phone before this? We did. Like So after, after the race got rained out, I left – and then there was no mention of the podcast i was like, like going to eat i was like yeah i'm gonna go eat real quick and stuff and then i'll be back at the hotel and uh and i'll hit you up and you were like all right cool and that was that so i just assumed that you were like all right bet like you know we were potting because like the day before we talked about it uh actually sunday at 807 p.m which was 707 your time what time we potting podcast yes no maybe so and I got no message back from you. So then I put your ass on blast uh, on Twitter. And I thought that the gift is, was fantastic. I had never seen that gift before in my life of that child sleeping while everyone was applauding. It was a beautiful thing to wake up to. And uh, you know me, when I decide to go with the combination of NyQuil and melatonin, it's, uh, it's a good night for me. He's a slumber boy. So yeah, hey, it turned look, into a good thing though. We wouldn't have this Denny Hamlin win, this Daytona 500 race to talk about. So maybe yeah, it turned into a good thing. It did. So we do have a lot to talk about. Um, the the biggest relief 
of this race, though, the, the craziest thing that happened, going to a little more of a serious note here, was uh, Ryan Newman's crash on the last lap of the Daytona 500. Um, scary shit, man. Like, I haven't seen a wreck like that in a very long time. I, I almost want to say it was probably the worst wreck I've ever seen as far as damage, like, done afterwards. Um, but just so thankful that Ryan is, uh, is alive and, and well, he's just, uh, he's got some serious injuries according to NASCAR. Um, but it's not life threatening, which is fucking amazing. So just, uh, super happy to hear that news. Very scary stuff. Uh, there was a lot of drivers shook up. There was a lot of controversy. Uh, so I know we definitely need to kind of go in and discuss some of this stuff, but, uh, but yeah, Denny Hamlin won the race. The biggest controversy, uh, on Twitter was about Denny doing the donuts in the infield after winning when Ryan was like flipped upside down inside of the car. Yeah. I'm in strong defense of Hamlin uh, on that one just because, and it's not like a, a knock on, I guess we've kind of normalized wrecking at this point and we forget that as fans and even as drivers, I think we forget that you're risking your life at every point in time. And I think Hamlin was just, going through with the um the normal tradition there and didn't realize that this wreck was beyond um you know worst case scenario i guess i should say so i think it's it's kind of on the team to tell him right <laughs> yeah it is it's on the spotter and and his spotter actually came out um on twitter and he even said if, if anybody's going to put the blame on anyone here you need to put the blame on me um but you know i i will say this i was premature in my response uh, to Denny, um, I, I did tweet out some some pretty harsh words. Like I, I put out on Twitter, I, I basically said like you know the little respect that I had for Denny was pretty much diminished. Like after that celebration, there was a lot of a lot of uh, big people on Twitter. Like you know the mass amount of followers. I know even uh, Dave Portnoy put on Twitter like you know we shouldn't be celebrating until uh, Ryan gets out of the car. But, you know, even with the Barstool guys, even though that they are, you know, a part of NASCAR now, I think that they, they still have a little, you know, a little ways to go as far as kind of understanding the sport and the history and how things go. Because, like, me and you both know that, like, you know, the cars are so safe now. And even, even Denny did say that in his, uh, you know, in his, at Victory Lane. You know, we take for granted how safe the cars are sometimes. And we haven't seen something like this since, like, 2001 when Dale Earnhardt Sr. died. So nothing has really been this bad until this time. And thank God we have the technology. Thank God the safety measures are there. Like, you know, it, but it's a huge wake up call that these drivers can still get hurt, even with all these safety, uh, you know, measures that NASCAR has taken to the cars. And, you know, it's kind of like going back to the clash, you know, like Brad Keselowski made some pretty harsh comments, like after the, you know, some of the wrecks happened about how maybe we need to make these cars less safe. I don't think that he realized like the magnitude. This of that. was coming a few days later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I mean, he and it's not nothing against Brad, but it's no. like you know he he was just hot. Yeah, he was pissed, and I mean, like drivers get pissed, and it happens. But you know, like like I do, I do want to withdraw my statement. I'm not going to go delete my tweet. It is what it is. It's there. Um, that's how I felt in the moment. That was my emotion. And then there was a video that surfaced about, you know, after, uh, after the win, you had uh, Chris Lambert, which is uh, Denny Spotter. And, you know, they were telling Big Wreck here, you know, you need, to, you need to wait for some stuff to clear out before you go. And Denny even came out and said at that time, and like most drivers do, they, 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 take their, they start taking their equipment off and they turn their radios off and they just get out there and celebrate. That was the biggest one since – and correct me if I'm wrong, I want to say Austin Dillon had one that was brutal, like 2015, yeah, 2016. 2015, yeah. it was, that was a bad one. You know, luckily he was, he was able to shake past the, the, the – it wasn't the type of hit that happened. So, Newman's hit was so different. There was so awesome. Some of the freeze frames and pictures were just crazy when you see it that way too. Because, I mean, yeah. I, I was watching it live and watching it a second time and third time and then watching some – seeing some pictures. You're just so caught up in the moment that – you don't even realize how bad that wreck was until until you know you're seeing what's left and the the car flipped upside down and you saw like the oil and the just everything you're like okay 
let's go rewatch that again. And that's when you realize it sets in. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the, the thing that I saw was when all the oil was pouring in and the fire was out and like the car just upside down and like, it's completely just trash. Like you're like, Holy shit. Like, like this is bad. This is really bad. Like he hasn't climbed out of the car. Nothing's happening. There was even people saying that like during the flip, like you could see him moving. Like, cause most people will tell you like when you're flipping, you're inside of a car, you want to put your hands on the bottom of that steering wheel and you don't want to fucking move them. You want to just kind of sit there and go with the ride. But like, I don't think that that happened for Ryan. I think that he was like, he didn't get to do that in time. And the way that it happened, just for some of you that may not have watched the race, so we're going into turn three at the Daytona 500. It was Denny Hammond was leading. And then Ryan Newman gets up front. Ryan Blaney's behind him. And Ryan Blaney is pushing Newman. Like, and he's trying to push Newman to the finish. They're not final, even on the Final same. lap in OT. Yeah, final lap in overtime. The next thing you see is, like, uh, when, when Blaney goes to move up a little bit to the wall towards, towards Hamlin, Hamlin does what anybody would do in that situation. He wants to win the race. He's going to kind of, like – tap Blaney's car a little bit it kind of knocked Blaney out of line and when Blaney got knocked out of line he went in and tapped the left side of of Newman's car and then Newman's car spun Corey LaJoy comes in and just rams the car so and I mean like like you said in NASCAR a lot of people have emotions a lot of people have things that, where they're like you know they want to put the blame on somebody but it's like you're going 200 miles an hour and when you're driving that fast and you're trying to win a race on, on a last lap in overtime, like, and you're going through smoke, like, you can't help that. Like, you can't, you can't determine what's going to happen at that point. I guarantee you, Corey LaJoy didn't even know that anything happened, like, at first. Like, he probably right. just saw smoke Split and second. was like, shit, okay. Yeah, it's like literally the blink of an eye. Like, these guys are going so fucking fast. So, it, the blame shouldn't be put on anyone. The celebration shouldn't be put on Denny. And, you know, it is what it is. The, the main thing is, is that Ryan Newman's okay. He's got a lot of healing to do. Um, so, you know, we just got to, we just got to kind of wait and see what's going to happen with this and, and what's going to become of it with Roush Fenway and who might be piloting that car going into Las Vegas. So now they're going to definitely have to be looking to, to get a driver for that car. So, you know, there, there's a couple of drivers out there. We'll try to get some more information, put some things together for, uh, for Friday's episode, and we'll kind of see what we're looking at as the news continues to develop. But right now the main focus is just on, on Ryan, and we're just glad that he's okay. He's in the hospital recovering. Prayers for his family. And a lot of people don't know this either, Drew. You might not have known this, uh, but he came out. He came out, or you, you probably have heard, but he came out and, uh, before the beginning of the weekend and announced that, him and his wife after several years of marriage are going to be getting a divorce. So um, just yeah, a rough dark, week. Yeah. Kind of a rough week, man, but uh, glad he's okay. And another thing I did want to note too, is just about the NASCAR fans in the NASCAR community. <clears throat> Have you ever seen an entire fan base come together? Like we saw on Monday night on social media. Not to big time this moment, but I saw it with Kobe, except it was like more than just one sports fan base. But to your question, just one specific fan base, I haven't really seen anything like that. You know, Kobe, it was just like a bigger scale, right? Yeah, Kobe was just kind of like an icon. <clears throat> I mean, that's, you know, Ryan Newman definitely has been in the sport for a long time, but it's like, it just goes to show you with like NASCAR, like, you can have your favorite drivers and, you know, drivers you hate. And at the end of the day, if somebody gets hurt, everyone is just like so caring and like you drop all of that in that one moment. And it doesn't matter whether you hate the driver or love the driver. It's like you come together and you just like, you know, people pray, you know, and people send their thoughts and just people are just kind of emotional about it. And everyone is just so caring and so loyal. And that's what I love about NASCAR. That's what I love about the fans. I love about the community in general, even all the drivers sending the support um, on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere. So just a, just an amazing moment to show a lot of people out there that this sport is literally this, this, this league, this sport is, it's, it's a family at the end of the day. And, uh, just is an incredible moment and just so glad that that he's fine and he's good to go. It's ready to were see you, him back out there on the track. 
were you surprised how long we had to wait? I mean, to, to me, it's not that it was a bad thing because you want any kind of um, information that comes out to be verified and confirmed and not speculation. But I thought we would get news quicker for being such a major sport and everyone wondering. I mean, it took a solid, what, three hours? Yeah, yeah, it took a little while. I mean, I was I found myself surfing the news trying to figure out, you know, ESPN wasn't really covering it. Fox, uh, NASCAR America, they had canceled that because it was Monday night and not Sunday because the race, you know, was rained out on Sunday. So, they, you know, TV media really didn't have it. So, I mean, you really had to go to the Internet to find those things. So, it, it was worrisome for me because, like I said, the last time that, that we had to wait that long for something was when Dale Earnhardt Sr. died. So, there was some people that I talked to trying to, you know, find out if he was okay, if, if they had heard anything. And nobody knew. Everybody was kind of like all the people that I know that are on the different teams in the, in the sport, they were kind of left out. Nobody really knew. Everybody just kind of waits for the official confirmation from NASCAR or from the actual team. And that's another thing too. And, and you got some dickhead reporters too out there that are trying they, there was people literally trying speculating. to Yeah. Just all this speculation. If, if you're wanting to inform people of what's going on, you let people know that kind of stuff. You don't sit there and make up shit. And there were a lot of little accounts on, on Twitter trying to make up, Oh, he's okay. He's, he's breathing. He's walking. He's doing this, giving all these people false hope because like people are just itching to, for answers at that point. You, sh- you don't do that shit, you know, like, and, and people are very quick to tell you in NASCAR that you don't do that shit. They were, th- this one kid uh, tweeted out that, you know, he was moving, everything was good. And they had some guy that was actually at the track that was standing out there waiting for people walking by asking if he's awake and all. it's just like, like literally let the ambulance get there, let them do their job, let them get this man to the hospital, let them try to see what's going on and sit back and just pray or send thoughts and just hope for the best. Like everybody else, you know, this isn't some, this is a person's life at stake. Like this isn't some big story that they yeah. got a race to beat everybody on. Cause I feel like that just kind of exposes your true colors and the selfishness of, of social media and people just wanting to blow up off of somebody's, you know, um, misery or not really misery, I guess you'd say, but tragedy. Yeah. I always try to do something productive during times like that. So I actually remember, remember like a video or a article that I had read years ago about Ryan Newman and how good of a guy he was and how he had pursued something with his wife for animal cruelty. So like I spent my time instead of reading rumors, I went and researched and found that article and found his charity and decided to, to contribute some money to that cause just to, you know, outside of thoughts and prayers, there's other productive ways you can spend sending positive vibes to people and not trying to, I guess, chase followers. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That, and that, that's a big thing too. I mean, going to that, that's uh, his charity actually is our rescue ranch rescue ranch. You can follow it on Twitter at rescue ranch NC. Um, I know drew drew made a contribution. He tweeted that tweet out. I think that was awesome. And you know, that's, that's different. You know, a lot of people probably don't think about that kind of stuff in those moments. So I think it was pretty fucking awesome that you took that time to be productive and go and donate to one of his major causes. And um, so, yeah, I think everybody should, again, it's at rescue ranch NC. Go there today, you know, give, give what you can. Yeah, like I said, it was really awesome just connecting the dots on like something. You know, when you read something years ago, but it's something that sticks with you. And it's just one of those things that I started digging for it again. And um, like I said, when Kobe stuff happened, I found myself going down memory lane and finding old videos and finding stuff that I did as a kid. And I did the same thing with a much smaller scale with Ryan Newman. But that's maybe that's just how my brain works. I think it's a cool thing either way it goes. But Again, we're just glad that Ryan Newman's okay, and uh, we'll we'll continue to wait to see what happens with him and how uh, how things develop in his health and uh, his recovery. So we're hoping for a uh, speedy one. Uh, but getting into the the actual race, man, we had a uh, we had a banger it, going into going into to stage three. We didn't really have a whole lot of action. You know, William Byron exited the race pretty early. And we had a couple of other drivers, you know, kind of have some issues here and there. But we wait. We had to wait out for the big one this time. We waited for a long time. Normally, I think last year we saw the big one happen. Like, um, we, we saw some big wrecks happen pretty early. And so this year, 
we had to wait it out, but we did get that big one. Uh, a lot of the field got taken out very quickly. And then we had a it lot of – It looked way worse. Did you notice that, how many cars were involved that, were man- that managed to fix their car up and get back out there? Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah. There was a ton of people still left out there. Um, we – it looked like there was probably maybe like 10 to 15 cars left at first. But right. a lot of it was just like trying – I think that the majority of it was people that saw it coming and they were just trying to get the fuck out the way and they might have like went off in the grass and then they were able to get out of the grass, get back on the track. So the angles that they did, they did a good job of making it look like mass chaos. Mm-hmm. The angles that sure. NASCAR did, but yeah, they had that big one. Um, again, Denny Hamlin won the race um, and the official results. We got those pulled up right here. Uh, it was uh, Denny Hamlin in first, Ryan Blaney second, Chris Busher in third, David Reagan fourth, Kevin Harvick in fifth, Clint Boyer sixth, Brennan Gaughan seven, uh, Corey LaJoy in eighth, Ryan Newman did finish ninth and then Kyle Larson finishing in 10th. Um, so ultimately a lot of those uh, drivers that were very cheap, low, you know, uh, I wouldn't really say low owned, especially for super speedways, but a lot of these cheaper drivers found their way into the top 10 and that's how you play the super speedways. Nothing really changes there. Yeah. It's amazing how that strategy that always is the way to go. And you think that people are going to catch on, but they don't. I mean, you still saw, I thought Corey LaJoy would be pushing 30%, 40% ownership and he, he didn't get that high. So um, it's still, the, it's still the best strategy. And at the end of the day, you just don't want to be playing these big names that are going to be racing hard the entire race. Uh, this is just for DFS purposes. You know, we're not talking about who's the better driver. We're talking about strictly for risking your money. So the strategy was there. Unfortunately, I didn't take down a tournament, but I know he had a first-time um, NASCAR DFS player um, tripled his money today. So he's a Patreon subscriber, so shout out to, to him. That's right, and you can do the same thing too with Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Patreon page. If you go to patreon.com slash garageguys, you can subscribe now. It's $10 per month. You're going to get DFS rankings for NASCAR by Drew Dean. And you are going to get my best bets and top DFS plays each week um, on our Patreon. You also have exclusive access to me and Drew to send us a message at any time, ask questions. We take care of our garage fam first, and you can become a part of that. We, we're already proving that we're, we're, we're helping people win these races, helping people win their lineups and DraftKings and FanDuel. Again, it's patreon.com slash guys. Go over there now, become an official member of the Garage Fam. Ready to have you. Exciting. I uh, I personally didn't take down any tournaments either. I finished a couple of my lineups in the money. Um, and uh, my best bets that I put out today, um, I thought that I was going to have one of them hit when we got down to the wire. Um, I had Joey Logano, Martin Truex Jr., Chase Elliott, and Clint Boyer. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm not putting a lot of money up. I'm betting like a quarter of a unit on these guys, especially at super speedways. It's such a toss up. Um, these were just some of the guys that I felt like had some of the the best odds um, as far as like, you know, them being with their skill for one, um, it, their ability to, to run up front. And then of course I had with Martin Trex Jr. That was kind of like my one, like Miss Cleo pick, if you want to call it my, <laughs> my like out of the blue pick right there. You were pumped to tell me about that. You called me all fired up. I did, dude. Like, I just had this this vibe with Martin Truex Jr., but unfortunately when he got caught up in the big one, I thought that he made it out. And when I saw him run out, I was like, holy shit. Like, his car is in great condition. We're good. And then they went back and re-angled, and the whole entire right left side of his car was completely just fucked. And I was like, oh, shit. But he was at uh, plus 1,100 on DraftKings Sportsbook. And that would have been – I just feel like it was like we saw him dominate the short tracks and he, he was running in the back of the pack uh, with, with a lot of these other big guys. Like Clint Boyer was one of those drivers today that, that stayed in the back because he was anticipating this, which I think was probably one of the best strategies. But Jeff Gordon said it himself, you never really know what's going to happen. I don't think there's any particular way you need to run the race. But Clint was the closest, and if he would have hit, it would have been at plus 2,500. Um, that was on DraftKings Sportsbook. And I, like I said, I put a quarter of a unit. So I'm down one unit right now. We're going to bounce back going into Las Vegas. Uh, 
it, the, the betting is going to get a lot tighter and um, it's going to be a little bit more easier to predict these intermediate tracks. So super excited to, uh, to possibly quadruple million quantitize my money. Is that even a number? You just made it one. I did. It's a number now. So super excited about that and pumped about it for next week. But, uh, but yeah, for us having a Patreon subscriber more than triple their money is a uh, pretty fucking epic. And that's in part to your rankings as well. So. Yeah. And we'll have a um, different strategy, like you said, for intermediate tracks, but that's the cool thing about playing DFS and learning that there's more to the, there's more to it than just watching the race. There's ways, there's ways you can attack these races and um, I'm here to help you do it. Hell yeah, man. And speaking of uh, more than a race. So this past weekend, I got to go to the Daytona 500, cover the race for the first time. It was my first Daytona 500 I've ever been to. Um, and unfortunately, it got rained out on Sunday. Had to make my way back today. So I didn't get to stay for the race. Um, however, had an amazing weekend. And the only other race I've ever been to is Talladega. And according to a lot of people, Talladega is really, the, there's nothing like it anywhere. There's people that come all over the world to the 500 and to Talladega Geico 500. So I wanted to take some time to kind of discuss the differences between Daytona International Speedway and Talladega Super Speedway and how they compare. Obviously, right out the gate, I'll say this, Talladega wins hands down, especially now with their brand new infield with the uh with their their big uh covered area that they have the restaurant bar um daytona kind of has a fan center like that in the infield it's similar but talladega has gone above and beyond with what they've done with their infield fan center it is definitely it's brand new that obviously makes it way more appealing top of the line their garage is just so interactive the fans can literally go into the garage area you know, at Daytona, you have a glass that you stare through. So Talladega wins by a landslide. As far as the infield party scene, Talladega takes the cake there too. Don't get me wrong. There were some really fun things happening in the infield. Like they had this, uh, this one camp camper that like drew a lot of, uh, a lot of people to it. They did wheelbarrow races. When's the last time, or have you ever done a wheelbarrow race, Drew? I've never participated in that. Have you? Uh, I didn't get to do it, um, unfortunately, because we were we were rolling out at the time. But I did get to witness it and watch it. I didn't get any footage of it, but I will say, it looked pretty intense. There's just a bunch of drunk people, literally pushing other drunk people around in wheelbarrows. And if racing. I would have been there, which would you have done? Would I be the guy? I think I would be the guy pushing you. Um, I don't know. No, I would most definitely be pushing you because I'm a sober boy. So that would be our advantage. So we would win every time. <laughs> sober, so, sober boy. Because I'm a sober boy. So like, yeah, so you could just get completely fucking waxed and I'm just, I'll just like act waxed and then we'll just win every time. We'll be wheelbarrow race sharks and we'll just there take everyone's money. The part that I was thinking about you being in the wheelbarrow though was thinking about you just like yelling crazy things that come out of your mouth as I'm pushing you as fast as, as I can. You're just yelling stuff. I feel like if you're actually pushing me, you can't yell. It's too hard. You'll be out of breath. No, no, I'll definitely find a way to yell. Cause you, you always know that I have to, I love to like just get in my situations where I can just like act arrogant for like five minutes. So like, yeah, I'll just be like just ran, randomly yelling up random obscenities to the sky and to other people. I'll I definitely am a competitive person. Uh, me too. So, so yeah, so we would both be yelling in that time. I don't, dude. Honestly, I don't think it would matter because we went either way. Yeah, we we went either way. We're just that. That's just that's that's our energy. That's our nature. We're just gonna win. So we would be winners for sure. So that may be one thing that I would like to see at Talladega, but um, that they had that and they had maybe like two big tents with some bars set up, whereas opposed to Talladega, you have an entire road that no cars can drive down and there are bars at every camper. So there is no other NASCAR party in the world like Talladega. Um, it, what it about the scale of it? Like just the size of the infield. Is it, is it similar or different? So, so um, with Talladega, 
it's I, I want to, it's very similar. However, there's a lake in Daytona. There's actually a lake in the infield mm-hmm. and there's no lake in Talladega, but I think that's better because it makes for more camping spots. So that, because in Talladega, there's really nothing to do outside of the track. So everybody just kind of gets there and stays there. So it's just a nonstop party. In Daytona, you you have an entire town and a beach right up the road. So a lot of the party happens in the in the actual city. Um, So you'll you'll see a lot of drivers and fans going to bars and and hanging out around the the beach and and the, the boulevard and things like that. And in Talladega, it's just all centralized. So it's like you're just stuck in this just party bubble and there's nowhere to go. So I think that that's like, for me, like NASCAR, like, you know, staying in a hotel versus camping, you know, I would always choose camping. You always, I would rather be like, you know, in a camper or staying in a camper, either outside or inside the track. That just is what makes NASCAR what it is to me. I would like the, what you said though, going off Daytona beach and being on the beach. That's pretty cool to me, but I like Talladega. I think it's the goat. I haven't been to Daytona. But just based off what you said and what I've heard from other people, um, it's just Talladega just blew me away with how big the operation is. You can't watch TV and justify how big the operation is. When they were, when I was hopping on trolleys and uh, just getting into the infield, it was it was just blowing my mind. Yeah, yeah, there was nothing. There's nothing else like it, man. I mean, Daytona's cool. Don't get me wrong, and it's awesome to be able to say, you know, because because it, it is at the end of the day, it's the Super Bowl of NASCAR. It's the Super Bowl of racing. It kicks off the season. It's a, it's a great race. But there were a few times where I would just catch myself being like, am I at Talladega? And I'd look <laughs> around and I'd be like, nah, this ain't Talladega. Right. Like, but it's still pretty badass. So I will say is just as far as the, the full-on experience, Talladega wins. As far as, like, the racing prestige, Daytona 500 takes the cake. Um. So out of the races in general, Daytona wins that. But but overall, uh, Talladega. <clears throat> overall, Talladega, hands down. So can't wait to be there in April. Um, the other thing about uh, the Daytona 500 is you get to meet a lot of people. There's a lot of uh, celebrities that go to these races. Um, there's just a lot of race fans from all over the world, just like at Dega. But Daytona is kind of like, you know, the first party of the year, the first race of the year. Uh, the fucking president came – to the Daytona 500. So um, I was in and the building. Bounced. Yeah, and then bounced right out. We got to watch Air Force One touchdown. The four more years chance broke out. Uh, Trump, Trump found a sport that he doesn't get booed at. So I think Trump is officially a NASCAR guy. I can't say I'm surprised. Yeah, so Trump, Trump is a NASCAR guy. Nothing wrong with that. He was very welcomed in. I mean, plus, taking Trump, just, just Trump himself away from the equation, the president of the United States was at a NASCAR race and gave the command for everyone to start their engines and literally talked with every driver, took pictures with every driver. Um, Haley Deegan got her helmet signed by Donald Trump, which is something she set out to do. So it was, I think that was a pretty awesome thing of how personable the president was with everyone and took the time to like talk with the drivers and things like that. So I think that was cool. So it was just really cool to be able to be there where the president was. It was part of history. You know, it might be years before something like that ever happens again. So really cool. Day, it's America's race. And that's what makes yeah. it so popular. One day when you run for president, um, you'll, you'll come to a NASCAR race. That's right. Yes. Drew, Drew will be president. 2052. Four. I've got a lot of work to do. All right, we'll start. Um, also, got to kick it with, uh, got to hang out with uh, Corey LaJoy for a little bit. Did some videos on Twitter with him. Awesome, awesome guy, awesome driver. Finished eighth in the Daytona 500. Um, he told you if you didn't play him in DFS, you were messing up. So if you didn't listen, you know, you messed up. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., the nacho fries deal. If a lot of you people saw that on Twitter, um, I got free nacho fries. So I pulled the George Kittle. Uh, for Ricky and got free nacho fries for him taking the pole at the Daytona 500 and Ricky loved it and when I got there the first night he's walking by me and I see him and I'm like nacho fries and he's like yo it's you and we got a picture got it up on Instagram as well and then also got to meet one of my favorite 
uh, lead singers of the band Under Oath, uh, Aaron Gillespie, he was there. He's a drummer and a singer. Do you know how hard that is to drum and sing at the same time? I don't know, but I can imagine. Yeah. Has to be incredibly tough. Like, I grew up listening to this band, um, was really big into them when I was in like, you know, junior high, going right into high school, still listen to their shit to this day, but never knew that Aaron was a NASCAR fan. This dude has been collecting die cast cars since he was like a kid. Um, dude was rocking the Dale Earnhardt, like throwback t-shirt at the race too, which was epic as fuck. Um, and he was hanging out with, uh, with us and Jeffrey Earnhardt, which is Dale's grandson. And, uh, some of the guys, Eric and my boy Taylor, and we were all just kind of kicking it and hanging tin and uh, ready to see Jeffrey get behind the wheel in, uh, in Talladega in the Xfinity Series. It's going to be pretty awesome. So overall, the Sunday, my Sunday experience was cool. Oh, yeah, and um, also uh, got to chat with Dave Portnoy of Barstool Sports. So that was pretty dope. You were very active. I was an active boy. I was all around the way. So got to meet a lot of cool people, did some great networking, um, got some, got to hang out with, uh, with Joey Logano for a little bit, did a little bit of video him during the rain out on Sunday. Big shout out to my boy Hunter Masling. Um, he's a tire guy for, uh, for Team 22 for the Penske, Penske boys. Awesome guy, always hospitable, uh, listener of the podcast. We appreciate him. We'll be seeing him in, uh, in April. So just had to give him a little shout outs and, uh, little recaps of all the some of the things I did and you can check out all that stuff on my Instagram page it's on my story I'm gonna have it put on a uh a permanent story soon so you can go back and kind of check out the weekend as well but ready for I want to see how some of these guys some of these guys that are in the um cruise how they can drink at Talladega that's what I want to see oh man so yeah in October uh I actually met uh one of them uh from SHR my guy uh my guy Evan uh, does work on the 41. He, I met him on the boulevard. Everybody drinks at Talladega. Everybody parties at Talladega. Like whether you're drinking or not, you're partying at Dega. Like you're, you're going to see drivers. You're going to see crew members. They're all going to be on the boulevard at night. They're all going to be having fun, getting wild. Like I said, there's nowhere else to go. It's you're not stuck. like Daytona. You're stuck. You're there. So everyone's partying and having a good time. That's why Dega is unlike anything else uh, as far as NASCAR. And it's the most uh, – if you're, if you're looking to meet a driver or hang out with drivers, Talladega is the race for you. And we will be there in April. We're just going to keep reminding people of that. So if you want to party with the garage guys and with some NASCAR drivers and some just really cool people, get your ass to Talladega for the Geico 500 in April. Get your tickets now. Let us know you're going to be there. We'll put you on the list, and we'll fucking party till the sun comes up. It's a guarantee. But anyway, it's time for some garage talk. I think we've talked enough about NASCAR for today. We got the next race coming up is Las Vegas. We'll be previewing that on uh, the next episode, episode 138. So get ready. Get your locks in. Go get over to Patreon. Subscribe. Get ready for the rankings and the best bets ready to dominate but a garage talk this week for episode 137 there were two topics that were trending on twitter that we've got to discuss first one is atlanta residents food chain acts so people in atlanta have been basically just going like crazy about these food chains that they don't like and they're trying to figure out which ones don't need to exist anymore so the main tweet that came out um was one has to go atlanta edition which one are you dropping chick-fil-a waffle house american deli or the varsity now before we we get into this i've never been to two of those places so i'm going to go ahead and guess american deli and the varsity you've never been to correct okay Obviously, Chick-fil-A has to stay. That's, a, that's, an, that's an American icon. It's everywhere. I went to church on Monday. I went to church Monday morning, got my nuggets. So that's Chick-fil-A is basically my church. Um, yeah, waffle. there's no way I could ever, I could ever nix Chick-fil-A. There's no way. Yeah, you eat there enough. You, you also have one like right up the road from your house. So I can't blame you. <laughs> I can't, no. These are ama- amazing times at the Chick-fil-A. Got and Prince is right across the street. I mean, all the chicken you need. 
Oh, the diarrhea chicken place? Yeah. Yes. Love diarrhea that place. Diarrhea chicken and the standard chicken. Diarrhea standard chicken. Burns your mouth, burns your ass. Two burns, <laughs> so one fun. time. Food's, <laughs> food's still stupid good, though. I was just hanging out by myself for like 30 minutes. Just by myself at the table. But yeah, okay. straight up left Enough you hanging there. Yeah, I wish waffle. we could reference the episode. <laughs> I wish we could reference the episode right now to him. Yeah, I don't know. A- episode one something. Uh, yeah. It was oh, it was uh, it was the uh, the fantasy football playoff episode. It was an episode when I was in Nashville. We talked about Princess Hot Chicken and my diarrhea story. So there yeah, you go. go back and check it out. It's it's on demand, just like every other episode. Waffle House is the other restaurant. Obviously, Waffle House is another icon. It's two o'clock in the morning. You were in college. You're fucked up. You're going to Waffle House. Um, we're older now. It's eight o'clock in the morning. Um, you're you're waking up. You, you might want to go to Waffle House. So there's always room for everyone at the Waffle House. I don't think Waffle House should go. As for the next two, you haven't been to American Daily or Varsity. I have been to one of these two. I've been to the Varsity. And I will tell you my experience at the Varsity. Um, I was a child. I was about uh, 11 years old. When I was a kid, I had this just uh, overwhelming fear of pooping in public places. So I was terrified. I did not want to poop in public places at all. So we go to this restaurant called the varsity. It's like a 1950s themed restaurant. They serve like burgers and shit like that. Play a lot of doo-wop, shubadop, whatever, poodle skirt. Play place. Yeah. Yeah. It's like basically you walked into the movie grease and you're there. Um, so I go there and I just remember I was probably like maybe nine nine or 10 years old and I had to go poop. It was bad. I was like, so oh, it ruined man. the food for you. Cause you were just yeah. so stressed. <clears throat> right. The food was good, but I was just like, so nervous. I was like, shit. I was like, well, I was like, I am, I am in Georgia and no one knows me here. I was like, so gotta go. And just as a forward, gotta explain the reason I was so terrified is because when I was a child, I went to a school and I was in third grade and I went to take a shit. And then, I was in there and then like four or five people walked in the bathroom and they were like, who, who's in there taking a dookie? Who's in there? Dookie? Uh, they all started, you. they all started peeping through the windows, like, like peeping through the stall. And Good like boy. one, one kid like got underneath it and it was like, Chase in here taking a dookie. And I was just like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, they're going to go tell these girls I was pooping. You were like, emotionally bullied. I guess I was so worried about like the girls like because i was you know i was in third grade i was trying to mack on some hotties and like now these dudes are gonna go tell everybody i was pooping ain't no girl want to hear that so i was like you can't be you can't be pooping and hollering at the same time yeah i know it's like and so i was like shit man and so i went back in there and then like nobody ever said anything but like it just scarred me and i was like i can't be pooping no more because because i don't want no girls to be finding out i poop at school Cause then they'd be like, gross. So it yeah. shaped you to who you are today in a sense. Oh dude, I will shit anywhere now. I will shit in an open place. It doesn't you matter. You had to get over it. I got to high school and I was like, fuck this. I'm going to take a shit. <laughs> I was like, I was like, screw it. I'm over it. Um, so yeah, but anyway, I went to the varsity at this time. I was still poop shy. And when you go into the bathroom, there are no doors on the stalls. So people can just walk by and they just watch you poop. This doesn't make any sense to me. There I don't, are no, I don't believe you. There are no doors on the stalls. I can't, oh. I can't, I don't know if it's like that now, but like back in like the, the early two thousands, this is how it was. This is back when ESPN zone was still in Atlanta. I don't know. I don't know if you know anything about that either. It was like I a do. rush. Yeah. ESPN zone was still in Atlanta. And then we went to the varsity and literally I was, had to shit so bad. And I was like, I can't do this. I was like, I can't just go in here and shit. So that ruined the entire experience. So uh, if, if the doors are still the way that they are now, I, I could give a fuck less. I'll go take a shit all day long. So I've never had American Deli. I can't really say anything. So I guess if you had to get rid of one of these, it would be the varsity for me, for Atlanta. Can we just make up our own game here and say, what would we get rid of? You read my mind. Let's go. So Garage Guys Edition – uh, fast food chains that we're axing. So, so you she, nominate two, I nominate two. Let's just alternate. 
Okay. And then we're going to collectively agree on which one we get rid of. All right. So the first fast food chain that I would want to just completely obliterate would have to be Panera Bread. Um, I've ate there a few times and probably like twice in my entire life. I just don't think that it's, it's, it matters. Like it's just, it's not a fast food restaurant that matters. It's like, it's like a, a, a high class Piccadilly without cafeteria plates. I get so frustrated at people that are like fascinated with Panera bread because to me, you know, I consider me and you in the same ballpark or category of people that when you go fast food and I don't even know if this is fast food, but when they don't give you enough food and you're spending like 14 bucks, it just seems like you're getting ripped off and that's Panera bread. And then, and then it's trying to be healthy. And I'm like, I can think of a lot of other places that are way better and just as healthy and not spending 14 bucks for food that I'm still hungry when I leave. That's right. That's my, that's my vibe at Panera bread. Yeah. Just, just go to Subway. Like that's like, it. Mean, yeah. Just eat, eat just fucking eat fresh. Like that's the way to do it. So, so Panera bread is my first one. You made some valid points there. My second one is Panda Express. Panda Express makes no fucking sense because if I want to go eat like Asian food or like just like Chinese food, I'm going to go to like a real Chinese restaurant. Like I want to go to like the hometown Chinese restaurant, like where there's like real like Asian people that are like working there that cook the food that know what the fuck they're doing. I don't want to go get my fucking Kung Pao chicken um, or my egg rolls from a guy named Ben that is trying to work his way through college. And that's not Asian. That's just how I look at it. Like if I want real Asian cuisine, I want a real restaurant. I don't want no Panda Express. So sorry to George Kittle uh, because he loves Panda Express. I have some follow-up questions on both of yours. Yes. Yes, please. How many times have you been to each place to gather this assessment? I've been to Panda Express uh, probably once in my life. and That's I, all you needed. And That's all I needed. I looked at the menu and I was like, what is this? It's like going to – it's like you remember in college, like whenever like they had like the big like uh, – the, the, the trays of like sushi and, and Chinese food. And like, you would just like buy it out of the cooler. Did Somewhat, you have that in your no, cafeteria? I, not in my cafeteria, but I, I mean, I know what you're talking about. I've seen, I've seen I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Like, like when you go to like, like, like a, a grocery store and they have like sushi and like the little plastic plates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, right. it's like, screw that. Like, like, no, like I need my sushi prepared and rolled fresh. I want to watch the sushi chef like bless my role for like the, the gods of Asia. Like I want like Buddha, like I want him to like speak to Buddha before he prepares my sushi roll. I don't want some girl named Charlene, like just like loading them up out of a frozen bag and putting them onto a plastic tray. Like that's just how I'm so Panda Express can go and Panera Bread can go. I agree with both of yours. I, I'm not a fan of either place. I've probably been to Panera Bread three or four times, and I've probably been to Pan Express once or twice. So definitely not a fan of either one. It sounds like you have no problem, though, with, like, generic, low-quality fast food. It sounds like you're a fan of that. Yeah, they're kind of like they, – they've just been there for, like, ever. Like, I mean, like, I don't really eat McDonald's a lot, but, like, there's every now and then I'll just be like – let me go get like one of them two cheeseburger bags. You know what I mean? Or like, I have a know. random craving for the French fries from McDonald's every now and then. The fries are good, except for when like you go there late at night and they're like cold. Like that's right. when they suck. But yeah, right. what what are you asking? What what two fast food restaurants can go? So my two were Arby's and hardy's i'm not a big roast beef guy and i just never and i can't even give you a lot of specific examples i just know when i am driving in my car and i pass an arby's or a hardy's i never feel the desire to pull in and i just never do i've been maybe once my once twice my entire life i just don't really they don't exist to me so i I don't know if you're a roast beef guy i have never wanted to kick you in the balls so much for which one life for both you eat for, both these places regularly. For, for for not being a roast beef guy. 
like do you not do you not like like roast beef like sandwiches in general like like at all no, I, I will no I, I eat that i just don't ever desire that from a fast food restaurant it's weird okay i mean like look i can't yeah i can i can knock you just because you agree with mine doesn't mean i have to agree with yours so check it out hardy's has curly fries that shit's bomb love some curly fries um hardy's also like their burgers are good but like i don't go there for the burger i go there for the roast beef however if i'm choosing which one of the two that you mentioned i'm gonna go with arby's all day long because they keep, like to keep arby's yeah yeah if i if i had to get rid of hardy's or arby's i'd get rid of hardy's because arby's is like the goat of like roast beef sandwiches like there's nothing better than just like a double bacon cheddar with some curly fries and then like I remember like the nights like even when I was back in college and like even after college when like we you know, we just got drinking or whatever, you know, you call your Uber, you fucking roll down to the Arby's, you get some cheese sticks at like one o'clock in the morning. Arby's has cheese sticks, bro. They got some wild shit at the Arby's. They have Euro sandwiches. Like there's also would, a good chance that I haven't given it enough of opportunity, right? I mean I don't that's probably I would, I would hope so. Like, if you don't like roast beef, that's fine. I'll just pull your man card for a little while, but... I like roast beef. I just don't ever want roast beef fast food for some reason. or I've never yeah. given it a chance. Have you ever tried the double bacon cheddar? No. Okay, well, you have to do that first. And then after you eat that, it's very sloppy and messy, and you got to throw the three ghost pepper sauce on top of it. Don't fuck with the horsey sauce, though, because that shit will the fuck sauce. you up. Yeah. You ever watch that episode of South Park where Mr. Garrison ate too much horsey sauce? That's what happens here. Okay. Oh, it's real bad. <laughs> oh, it's bad. And he's just, like, shitting all down the hallway. Yeah, that, that, that will happen to you. Ooh. So, yeah, don't want to do that. Nine, nine-year-old Chase would have been terrified if somebody would have given him horsey sauce. I have um, one more, by the way. What, what is your third? And this is – bonus. I got a bonus edition. I think Burger King is overrated. Okay. I, I'll i get behind you a little bit on that one. J- I can Bur- think of so many better burgers from fast food places than Burger King to me. There's one burger, though, that Burger King makes. It's the Stacker. The See, Stacker. You, okay. You've had way more fast food in your life. I can already yeah. – I, I was very fat as a child, and that is due in part to every day that I would get out of school, my grandmother would pick me up. My grandma was one of those really southern grandmas, so, like, you know, she's always just like, make sure you eat all your food. He's, he's just a growing boy. Like, she's that type of, of grandmother. Like, literally, the older I got, the when I started, like, losing weight and, like, you know, just kind of evening out with height. Like, she's she like, was, you're not eating enough. You're not eating enough. You're losing too much weight. I'm like, what the fuck do you want me to have? Like diabetes? Like get the fuck out of here. Like I'm trying to like like look fit. I'm not trying to be some fat slob. Like Jesus Christ. Like she'd be always trying to like pour sugar in my Rice Krispies, bro. Like, Does no, she like I'm always have you a Happy Meal? Dude, every day. I remember like when I was in like like first grade, before I even knew that like you could get fat as a child, we would just go to Burger King. Burger King had the coolest toys in the world. They like so you toys. weren't going to get Happy Meals. You were getting Burger King. I was going to get toys, and I was also making myself obese at the same time without even knowing it. So I would go get there. I'd go get, like, the, the little the little cheeseburgers or whatever and fries. I was just collecting Pokemon toys. And, like, it was always the toys. The toys just had me hooked. And then, like, by the time, like, like second, third grade came around, I'm like, fuck, I'm fat. Like, this ain't cool. Caught up to you. It caught up to me real bad. And so then I was like, shit, well, I'm already fat. Might as well keep going and get toys from Burger King. But, you know, did even you ever do the McDonald's Monopoly game, by the way? Random question. Oh, my God. And I'm watching the show on HBO. Wait, what show is this? Dude, MacMillions on HBO. So this isn't the old documentary about McDonald's getting fat. This is something new. No, this is, this is not Supersize Me. But, okay. dude, yes, the Monopoly game at McDonald's, I was addicted to it. I used to go every year. Are you um, saying McDonald's or McDonald's? I say McDonald's. It's pronounced McDonald's, but I say McDonald's because I'm just from a very southern town and my entire life, I've just always said McDonald's. I've heard a few people say that. Say that. I was just making sure. It's not yeah. uncommon for some people to say McDonald's. Yeah, I just I say McDonald's, but I know it's McDonald's because people always give me shit for that, especially when I lived in New York. People were like, what the fuck did you just say? 
Well, New York, it makes sense. But in Louisiana, I, you can hear, I'd say one in 10 people say, say that. Probably. So, yeah. So, yeah, I never was really a, a McDonald's kid at all. But I was a Burger King kid. But I will get behind your statement. Burger King has kind of went to shit. Like, like their fries suck. What about the chicken fries? Chicken, fry, chicken fries were good. You know, like when they first dropped the chicken fries, I was in like, like junior high. And I was like, okay, this shit's bomb. And I used to fuck with them. I haven't eaten them in a long time. I go to Burger King now probably like once every like three months. Like, and, and I'll typically like just get like a, a craving for like the stacker. Because the stacker used to be like a small cheeseburger. And it had the sauce on it. And it was just phenomenal. But now it's like a Whopper stacker so like if i'm what just makes like, it special so tell me there's, what makes there's it like it's you know how like the big mac has like sauce like a big mac sauce mm-hmm. which is basically just thousand island dressing so like the burger king stacker has like its own like zesty type of sauce and it's just like with the melted cheese and that sauce like it just pops i don't really know how to explain you're it. a big sauce boy i love sauces when i go when i go to chick-fil-a i get like six sauces spicy sriracha and chick-fil-a sauce for the fries that's how i roll i'm like a classic burger like to me like a really good burger is something like a a mugshots burger or a uh, five guys burger or something like that love five guys um i love western like western or like barbecue burgers with like onion peels like that's my favorite you put barbecue sauce on a burger like there's nothing better than that to me you're a big fan of the burger republic too here yeah, love the Burger Republic. So, I mean, I'm a big burger guy. I'm an all-American boy. You We're know, getting like, carried away. We love food. We you are. can tell. We're, this is now a foodie podcast. Sports has been canceled. No. Canceled. <laughs> but, yeah, so, yeah, we, we could talk for hours on this. But, yeah, a lot, lot of good stuff. But I will totally agree for the bonus. Burger King has went downhill and went to shit. And if I never had to eat Burger King again for the rest of my life, I would be okay with that because it made me obese as a child. Well, my grandmother did kind of with Burger King. As, we'll just combine that. So, yeah. Grandma and Burger King. Obese. Your two, to me, more than anything, are like two of the most overrated places. Yeah. And like you don't hear about them often. Like everybody knows the Burger King, Wendy's, and, you know, McDonald's of the world. But like Panera Bread and Panda Express. I hardly consider that fast food. That's like an in-between. Yeah. It's in the they, gray area. They have a drive through yeah, yeah drive through. So there's that. Is See, Olive Garden fast food? Or no? Um, I mean, the, it's a franchise. Okay. So I mean, maybe. Yeah, but that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother deal. Okay. I, I could go for hours on that. Like we could just okay. sit here. We could just sit here forever. But we're not going to do that. So let us know what fast food chains you would get rid of by tweeting us at GGFS Podcast. Tweet me at Garage Guy Chase or at Drew Dean. Let us know which ones you're done with, and we'll, we'll talk about it, and we'll discuss it. And uh, last thing on the agenda, I'm not going to stay too hung up on this. I just came across this on Twitter, and I thought it was the most oddest thing I've ever seen. So there was a girl that took a bath in hot Cheetos. Have you seen this? Yeah, it's like a five- to six-second clip of her just in a um, – she has a drink in her hand, and then she's just in a – Crap ton of Cheetos, right? Yeah, pretty sure she's like drinking like Mountain Dew Code Red in a champagne glass, and she's uh, just bathing in water and hot Cheetos. So people were just freaking out about this, and when I saw it, I was just like, the first thought to my mind is just like, your vagina has to be on fire. Like, yeah. And- what is <laughs> what's the thought behind? I mean, what is she thinking? She's got to be on drugs, right? Yeah. So um, you know, weed will do a lot to people. Um, some people, it makes them calm. Some people, it makes them think some people, it makes them get into a bath full of hot Cheetos, uh, like this girl at spooky nugget. And that's S P zero zero K Y N U G G E T. You can go look that up. Was she trending for this? Yeah, she was trending. This was a big deal. This was, uh, this was on Sunday. It started trending heavy. And, um, this is, this is a couple of tweets that people said, I have so many questions. How many Costco-sized bags of hot Cheetos are in there, and how did you clean that up? Would you do this again? Did you notice a difference in your skin later on, the next day? Also, what was in the glass? Um, and that was by an account called My Black is Beautiful. And then there were people that were showing videos of uh, the episode of SpongeBob where the human hand was cleaning the sink, you for the next hour. 
Um, her immune system response right now, SpongeBob around fire. Um, here comes the yeast infection. Someone else said Summer's Eve. Nah, that's going to need a prescription. <laughs> um, somebody put, is your coochie okay? And it had a picture of a girl with frog eyes. Um, and then <laughs> she came back and said, Pinky promise my, my cat emoji face is okay, y'all. Um, and then someone ended the tweet with the amount of wasted Cheetos and had a picture of Winnie the Pooh sitting on the ground, sad looking. So, yeah, my advice is to just use baths for their natural purpose. And if you're going to bathe in anything, um, bathe in, uh, I don't know, like ice water with a bunch of beer cans floating around. That's cool. Bathe in an ice chest. That would make for way better content. This is one of the most odd things I've ever seen, like you said. I mean, who has a random thought of this? Dude, the older I'm getting, the more I'm realizing that anything is possible. Like, dude, people do the most insane shit. But, like, to bathe in a bath full, like, somebody, this girl took the time out of her day to, like, even if it was just, like, a joke or obviously, like, she planned this. She literally went and bought a fuckload of Cheetos all for the possibility of her going viral without even knowing it. She was like, I'm just going to go buy a fuckload of Cheetos, pour them in a bathtub, and hope that I go viral. She probably spent at least $30, $40 on hot Cheetos, flaming hot Cheetos, to make this. All for a six-second video. But, yeah, but, you know, but you know what? She, we're talking she got, about her. Yeah, we're talking about her now. She got the attention she deserved. Over 16.9 thousand retweets and 78.5 thousand likes. So, good job, Spooky Nugget. Um, hope your vagina is okay. Uh, apparently it is. And, um, yeah. What's this girl look like? I'm t- checking her out right now. She looks, she looks mixed, like a mixed chick. Because she's showing her legs only in the, in the shower, right? Or in yeah. the bath. I mean, she's okay. Okay. I mean, she's not ugly. I'm just curious if she was like a um, – maybe had a history as a model and was trying to do something random just to get clicks or if this was just a random tweet. I'll tell you this much, dude. Chester Cheetah had to slid into those DMs hard because if he if he didn't, then she fucked up everything. Chester Cheetah. Yeah, dude. Chester Cheetah better slid into them DMs. That's what I need to tweet her and be like, be like, did Chester Cheetah slide into those DMs? Because like that's Chester Cheetah's girlfriend right there. Like he found the love of his life. So yeah, he's got the heart emoji going to her and the heart eyes. He does. Like he no, he's got the wet emoji. He's got he's got the eggplant and the in the water. The yeah, there's water a, the drops. There's a lot of emojis we could go into. There is so many emojis, but that's the story for another day. That's what's been trending. That was Garage Talk. Great episode. We'll be back again. Remember to drink drip drop and go subscribe to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Patreon page at patreon.com slash garage guys. We love you. Drew, any last words? I really love talking about fast food. I'm starving. Dude, I know. I'm hungry as fuck, too, now. All right. It's so late, too. Let's go get fat. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Drip drop. Fat, fast food. Drip, drip drop. drop fast, food. fast food. Patreon. Sports. Party. Repeat. Uh, you niggas gonna end up in a hurry. You niggas gonna end up in a dirt. Dirt from the chances had to make it work. And these four niggas just gon' make it worse Worse Oh Oh How that's an enemy arm How that's an enemy arm Take down the enemy's army Take down the enemy's army How that's an enemy's arm How that's an enemy's arm I wish the enemy harm Bitch, I'm a star. Four and little whipping, I'm whipping this car. I might just park in the yard. Catch the eyes like and I rip them apart. Fuck it, I got no heart. Show no emotions, I live in the dark. I don't know why, but that bitch left me scarred. I don't know why you just ain't play your part. Now you focus on wishing me hard. Fuck it, right the bare arms. I keep that stick on me arms. Under the enemy arms. I cannot fold on the enemy arms. Under the enemy arms. Under the enemy arms. You niggas gonna end up in a hurry. You niggas gon' end up in a dirt 
had to make it worse. Worse. And these little niggas just gon' make it worse. Worse. Four. I'm in this bitch with the gang. I'm in this bitch with the gang. I'm in this bitch with the gang. Pretty, we gon' let it bang. Trouble, we gon' let it bang. Throwing your brain inside. Trouble, we gon' let it bang. Throwing your brain inside. Four. I'm in this bitch with the gang. I'm in this bitch with the gang. I'm in this bitch with the gang. Pretty, we gon' let it bang. Trouble, we gon' let it bang. Throwing your brain inside. Trouble, we gon' let it bang, blowin' your brain inside You niggas gon' end up in a hearse You niggas gon' end up in a dirt Different trenches had to make it worse And these little niggas just gon' make it worse Worse Oh, oh, oh How that's an enemy arms How that's an enemy arms Take down the enemy's army Take down the enemy's army How that's an enemy's army Oh, oh, oh. How does the enemies are? Oh, oh.